Welcome to Fumbling Hobbyist, where we explore adventures and misadventures in spare time. I'm Sarah Gallagher, your host, and for the second week here in a row, um, we are interviewing my sister Dawn Brinks, who has a sole hobby of music. If you have been listening the last couple of weeks, you will know that sole hobbies are a concept that we sort of came up with here on Fumbling Hobbyist. A sole hobby, as we're defining it, is a hobby or activity that a person engages in that has become part of their identity in a way that they would feel like they ceased to be themselves without that hobby or activity. So Dawn, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Last week, we were talking to you about your hobby of music, and we had talked about some of your earliest experiences, and we were just getting into a really neat discussion about some of the your favorite experiences in mm-hmm. music. And I wanted to follow up because I felt like we sort of stopped that conversation right in the middle. We did stop that conversation <laughs> right in the middle. But so you started off as a young child, you played a little bit of piano, mm-hmm. right? Right. And then in fifth grade, you started off as a clarinetist. Right. Okay. Why did you choose clarinet? Because my friend made me. <laughs> because was, your friend made you. Yes. My, my <laughs> friend, who I, I can remember her name to this day, but in, I will not give her away. But um, she was only at our school for like that one year. And I was, you know, one of those middle school moments. I'm so enamored with this girl. I want to be just like her. And we went to try out all the instruments and... um funny story, I wanted to choose flute. Now I'm glad I didn't choose flute. And when I wish I would have chosen something different, I always want, I always wish I had chosen cello now. Um, but yeah, she, we, we tried out all the instruments with the band teacher and the orchestra teacher. And my friend said, let's play clarinet. And I said, okay. (laughs) And that's how I picked it. And so you did. And now you've been playing clarinet for how long? Um, how old are you in fifth grade? Maybe 11? Yeah. Something like that. So 25 years? years? Yeah. Okay. Wow. 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 Two decades plus. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Do you play other instruments? I play piano. I know how to play saxophone and I do kind of sort of know how to play flute, but not really. Um, And like I said last week, I can play like orchestra bells and things that are I can pick up a lot of things Mm -hmm. and and be able to plunk out something on them. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, my main, the, the, I am skilled, I am trained and skilled in clarinet and it transfers easily to saxophone and I have done some auditioning and jazz band and various things with saxophone too. Did you ever go back and learn how to play a cello? No, not yet. I mean, and I say not yet because I actually just recently heard of a place in, in the city where I live where, um, adults can learn to play instruments and there's a friend that plays in the orchestra plays trumpet in the orchestra with me that is learning to play violin and had a violin recital and posted something about it on Facebook so it's not out of the question but wow you know (laughs) what is it about the clarinet that made you Mm -hmm. stick with the clarinet specifically uh it was really it took you know like it takes a lot of years of work to learn and I never reached a point where I wanted to start over like okay. I feel like and there there are a few things I do enjoy about clarinet it has a wide range it can go very low and very high it um is sort of a chameleon we can do you know oboe cues we can do flute cues we can kind of we can be a viola substitute like that it's not it does not it's not going to sound like an oboe it's not going to sound like a viola but it's going to make a nice smooth sound that can be something else can can stand in for something else and what is it about the cello 
that makes you wish you had learned that? Oh, the sound. The sound. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, the, I love the way a cello sounds. I love I love the way a cello sounds. I don't know how to describe it. It's the 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 range of a cello. Um, I don't know much about it, but I sit right behind the cellos in my church church orchestra and you know, like they get to be that emotional undertone to so mm. many things. Their sound is just, you know, me- meant for that state of bliss and flow that I was talking about last week, I feel like. Do, are you friends with anybody that does play cello? Um, I mean, I know, I mean, I know the, the people that play in my orchestra, we mm-hmm. say hi, but no, I wouldn't say I'm like friends with somebody that I could say, hey, bring your cello over. I want to try it, which would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> So a cello is the instrument that looks like a giant violin that people sit and they play and they hold it between they their knees, sit right? sit and they play. Yes, it's okay. the, the second largest of the four string instruments. It would be the sit, the, the big sitting one, not the big standing one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So for people that do not play any sort of instrument Mm -hmm. the clarinet is a it's a black woodwind instrument Mm -hmm. right can you tell us a little bit about what a clarinet is or what how it's put together so it's a woodwind instrument which means the sound is made with a reed you know a piece of wood Mm -hmm. um the clarinet is actually made from wood it's made from black wood it has you know silver or chrome or chrome plated um keys on it and holes um it's you know about two and a half feet long. <laughs> and so to, to make different notes on a clarinet, you have to lift different fingers and Correct. push different fingers down. Correct. And that makes the note go yes. higher or lower. Yes. Sometimes along with like changes in the way your mouth is, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's all, every note has a different fingering, but also, yes, your mouth does something very different for low notes than it does for high notes. A while ago... So I went way, way back in the day. I played oboe for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Many years after that, I think I tried to make a sound on your clarinet one day Mm -hmm. and I couldn't. Like, Mm -hmm. it was really hard for me to even make a sound. Yeah. Why was that? Oh, I remember those days. (laughs) (laughs) That would be day one of fifth grade. Um, (laughs) Because your, your air stream, the flow of your air has to go through the mouthpiece in a way that vibrates the reed. The reed, that little piece of wood that you stick on the top, is the thing that makes the sound. Um, also, I'm guessing that you were, I mean, in in hindsight as well, I'm guessing that you were playing on a reed that I was using on the regular. And if you were a day one clarinet player, I would not put you on a hard of, uh, as hard of reed as I am playing after 20 plus years of doing it. Um, I would have put you like on a much softer beginner reed, which would have made, would have made it easier for your air to make the reed make sound. Okay. Okay. It's very technical. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> That's awesome. What do you think, without going into, like, more details than you want to, obviously, mm-hmm. why did this remain a hobby for you? I know last mm-hmm. week when we were talking, two weeks ago, I'm sorry, when we were talking to Megan about um, horseback riding, like, there was a period of time in her life when that was mm-hmm. the industry that paid her bills, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I would love to follow up with her about that, too, and how that transition worked and how that affected her passion or yeah. lack thereof for her passion of yeah. horseback riding. What is it in your history or about your experience that 
either promoted you turning that into a career or inhibited you from doing that? Absolutely. Well, when I was a music major, I was a music education major, which means I was intending to teach high school band. Um, I decided large groups of teenagers were not for me, (laughs) but, um, honestly, if uh, the thing that got in my way, I have to say is unrelated to music is that like now as a, as a teacher, I have learned a lot about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. I totally had a fixed mindset. Like you have the talent you have, you have the ability you have, you know, that that's it. And it's not that I, I knew I could be better with practice. I did not believe that I could be good enough to be a performance major, which would be playing music for a living, which is what I want, actually wanted to do, but was, you know, not willing to want to do, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and, you know, I feel like the other thing about that, especially what Megan talked about, is that I don't know, had I been more of a growth mindset person or whatever, or just had the, had the, the risk-taking, you know, courage at the time to be a performance major and see what happened, Um, the thing is too, like playing music is part of the job, but there's a lot of other things. The business of music is a whole nother side of it that I honestly, I don't know what that experience is like Mm. not having ever done music for a living. But you know, if you want to be in a symphony, you have to be willing to move. You have to be willing to go be in the Kansas city symphony or the Miami symphony or whichever symphony is you know, hiring for your, you know, auditioning for your instrument at that time. And that takes you when you audition. And it's, I read somewhere that there's like the, the percentage of instrumental musicians in the country versus, or the number of instrumental musicians in the country versus the number of symphony jobs. It is so unlikely to get one of those jobs aside from the fact that you have to be really good to do it. Um, so I think the business of it still might've gotten in the way or may, may have, may have not been worth it. Um, I will also say like as an elementary teacher, it's very clear to me now that I am very much an extrovert and a lot of being a symphony player would be working very hard in a small room by yourself all day long, you know, Mm. to practice your part, I imagine. Um, so it it occurs to me as well that it, that might've gotten in my way as well. Um, Mm. none of those things actually did get in my way, but they make me feel better about the things that did get in my way (laughs) and where I ended up now. It's neat to see how, you know, in hindsight, the path that you actually took maybe is different than the path you would have taken if you had known then what you know now. Right. And yet the path you ended up taking is just perfect for the person that you are. Right. Absolutely. And I think like too, yeah, this is a hobby, I suppose, (laughs) because I do not get paid to do it. It does not pay my bills at all. Um. At the same time, you know, I do, I play, I play in two ensembles right now. Um, I could play in a couple, I know of a couple more that'd be fun to audition for if I did want to spend more of my time doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't be out of the question to, to spend 40 plus hours a week doing this on top of my job if I wanted to, you know, it's, I'm free to choose the amount of my life that it takes now. Yeah. Which leads to other questions that I have that maybe we'll have to follow up on in the future mm. about how do you imagine, like, do you imagine that that could have burnt you out mm-hmm. if that had become a job? Do you imagine that you could have maybe lost that passion instead of continuing to foster that enjoyment over the sure. years? But that might be a question for another day and sure. might end up in a whole nother 
10 or 15 or 30 or 80 (laughs) minute conversation. So we'll probably stop there for today and hopefully we'll get back to this conversation. If you have something to add, again, please hop onto Facebook and follow our page, Fumbling Hobbyist, or email us at fumblinghobbyist at gmail.com. And until next week, we look forward to you enjoying your adventures and misadventures in your spare time.